Good morning, and welcome to Connections, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Karen Olson-Johnson, a co-producer of Connections Radio, and your host today. The goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and our world in ways that get us thinking, and ways that get us connected. And so today, we're going to try and connect around a topic that is a... hmm, Interesting topic to connect on because we often move ourselves away from this topic. We're going to talk about endings and have a conversation about death and dying, which is a topic of great interest to a lot of people. Um, As they say, there's two certainties in life, right? And they are (laughs) death and taxes, right? And it is that season, isn't it? Um, But for most of this conversation today, I'm going to stay in my lane. Because uh, my lane is is a lane that doesn't know an awful lot about this, but is very very curious about the topic and wanting to know more of it. And it is a topic that is difficult to discuss, shrouded in mystery. And and then the you know the whole thing about what do we do when somebody's dying that's around us? Um, how do we prepare? And how are we supposed to act? These are you know very very poignant questions that that you know for the most part we avoid until we are faced with it and then we're faced with it do we have enough awareness enough education enough 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 to know how to act and what to do and are the decisions that we're making conscious decisions decisions that are informed and decisions that can move us through the process of dying and death with some ease and some comfort and perhaps even a little less anxiety and a little less fear so that's the conversation we're going to have today and quite frankly the conversation is predicated on an extraordinary event that's coming up very quickly that will be a most incredible way to spend a Saturday in April. On April 13th, that First Unitarian Society, the Minnesota Women's Press, is sponsoring an all-day event to address this conversation topic called Endings. And if you go to womenspress.com, you will find the information about this event and you're able to register for this event. So can you imagine going to a day where this is an open topic, where there are going to be experts there, people will, that will have very interesting ideas for us to explore, and <clears throat> an incredible array of tablers and sponsors and people so you can walk away with a little more a little more savvy about something that we tend to not want to talk about. So the Minnesota Women's Press, this has been part of a whole, or this event, April event, will be part of a whole series of conversations that the magazine and the institution has been embarking upon this past year. Under Mickey Morissette, the new owner and editor of the Minnesota Women's Press, who's been in her position since last January, these conversations have been taking place, and we've been opening ourselves up to community and opening ourselves up to these difficult issues, these difficult concepts, these difficult things for us to discuss, but coming together in conversation about these things, coming together as community, as diverse 
community, as a diverse community of people that want to discuss these things and really want to connect with each other. And and the Minnesota Women's Press is embarking upon this. This is a new phase for the Minnesota Women's Press. And so I'm really happy to welcome to studio Mickey Morissette, who's the owner and editor of the Minnesota Women's Press, who will share a little bit about why she has embarked upon this incredible, incredible journey of reinvigorating the Minnesota Women's Press. So welcome to the show, Mickey. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, Karen. And in this journey, in this embarking upon bringing community and diverse community together, what's the vision? The vision is, well, certainly with Minnesota Women's Press, it's all about women's power to shift narratives and affect change. And part of that is to bring up in conversation things that we might not be comfortable talking about, things that we can have better collaboration around. And uh, that's kind of the focus of the themes, especially for 2019, is what are we not quite getting right? What are we, what, what are we not quite talking about? And that's why this event came to be. The, both the April issue and our April 13th event are about endings. And endings in what sense? When you hear that word, what does it bring to mind? The The idea of endings is it, it would be nice if we had transition to. Oh, we've debated the topic, uh, the, the theme title for this for a while. But the idea of endings is it is it's a scary topic. People are afraid of it. And the idea is to bring a little bit more healing around it to make it more visible, to make it more speakable. Um, endings is the thing we all share, and uh, how can we how can we uh, live more intentionally by remembering that at some point this particular chapter ends? And as we live more intentionally, knowing that this is a it's it's going to happen, then how do our lives change, right? How do, how do things shift in our lives when we're more conscious about moving toward this eventuality? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in, even in just exploring this, have you found things for yourself that have, have started to move in Mickey? Uh, <laughs> yes, I would say uh, one thing a few weeks ago for the first time I went to a death cafe conversation. A woman named Kristen Arment has brought that into the northeast Minneapolis community. I know it's spread all over. It's been something, I think it started in the UK. And it was a fascinating group of, I don't know, maybe the one I was at had about 30 people split into two groups most of them under the age of 40 who very much want to make sure that they're not wasting this one precious life as Mary Oliver points out and very much want to be very mindful of what are we doing with our life so that um, we feel like we've been productive and don't come to the end of it regretting things we never did or feeling like we wasted what we had. So this this is part of many conversations. The first one was last October, using our voice and vote. Then there was one in January about healing trauma. This one about endings and embracing the... This is all part of what the Minnesota Women's Press is doing in terms of... It's a shift, isn't it, Mickey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a... You know, women are powerful, and that's the whole reason behind Minnesota Women's Press Stories is to 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 bring more women together in conversation to to make sure that we yes are shifting the narratives around things, affecting change, amplifying voices, um, 
and looking at things in different ways, different perspectives. We all have our own perspective and everybody else has their own perspective and the idea is to bring as many of those voices together so we can see things in different ways. We've gotten very, yeah, not very good at that lately. We've, yeah, we've, as, as I said, we've, we stay in our own lane, right? Mm-hmm. And, and getting out of our lanes, bringing people together, that's a part of your vision for the Minnesota Women's Press. So people, they can pick it up at, at over 500 locations in the Twin Cities. How many readers? Uh, yeah, we've got between online and print and pass-alongs, we've got about, we've got over 100,000 readers, and we are in the process of uh, working with a we- women-led website development team. We're actually in a donor campaign right now. Oh, so women can support the women's press? Yes. How do they do that? Well, we do have a, there's a group called, a crowdfunding place called I Fund Women, and that's a subscription campaign. What we're trying to do is get the website to develop it's it's an old website an old platform and we have a, this great local a women-led development firm that is ready to go once we've got all the funding in place so that we can have a much better digital platform for storytelling, for spoken word, for different people who are just online, not necessarily in the print magazine. Um, so that's one of our goals. We also have a really big incentive this year. One of the visions is to get more into greater Minnesota. So we're starting to make contact with people around the state, women who will lead conversations based on each month's themes. And I'm very much looking for people who want to be part of that to contact me at editor editor at Women's Press. Um, So people can, the Women's Press is a magazine for women. It's about women, and women are encouraged to be involved in a lot of different ways, right? And quite frankly, one of the ways that if you're a listener out there that you can help push this forward is to be a donor go to the crowdfunding go to the or subscribe right Mm -hmm. is there a subscription um something that can happen yeah we've got a subscribe button on the website and we have different levels because again we've got supporting sustaining and philanthropist levels so we are yeah it is a it's we primarily publish first person essays it's very much about having different people Our tagline is powerful everyday women. Uh, The idea is that every woman is powerful, and especially when you're in community with others, um, we can do a lot more. We can do a lot more, we can accomplish a lot more, and we can amplify a whole lot of voices, right? So for this event, uh, we're talking the one that's on April 13th at First Unitarian Society and go to womenspress.com for more information and to register before it sells out. This event is going to be focused upon conversations about death and dying. And one of the women that will be there is Debbie Meckley, who's a spiritual... Uh, advisor, spiritual care advisor. And I met Debbie, Debbie, oh, I say it was probably a couple months ago and was just very intrigued by this entire notion of, you know, death doulas. I mean, a death doula? You know, what on earth is a death doula? And Debbie, we only have about a minute left before we're going to go to break, but what I would like to do is can you um, give us a, you know, just a a, a capsule of what it is that what's death doula, Debbie? Um, well, you know it's interesting because that's, that's the doula piece has really um, been amplified the last few years. But um, we've been around um, Anamkaras for centuries, and that is a soul friend to the dying. Some Say that been, again. Uh, an Anamkara. Anamkara. Is, uh, 
Yeah, it's an ancient Celtic um, uh, piece of the death and dying. It's a soul friend that is there from the beginning, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, the social pain, all the way to the last breath. Oh my goodness! And, yeah, and um, that's we we've, we've been we did that centuries ago, and we moved away from that, and it became fearful. And now we're starting to inch our way back that uh, to that place of. Um, if you are so fortunate to have a doula or a companion um, or a spiritual care person with you, understanding it's your last hurrah to be understood. It's your last hurrah time. to be understood. That's incredible, yeah. Debbie. Absolutely incredible. Well, after break, uh, we'll come back with Debbie Meckley, a spiritual care advisor. Can you know? continue this conversation and then LaDonna Redmond's going to be joining us. LaDonna is a community activist and we're going to be talking about her child her child Wade's death and what it brought to the fore, the questions about how to process, deal with grief, honor him and and all of this in the context of community. So you're listening to Connections Radio. Join us after the break. We'll be right back. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the Eastside their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. Let me tell you about the best parts of buying a vehicle with Rudy Luther. First, their staff is wonderful, friendly, and always ready to help. Another is the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of 10 cents off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores, as well as discounted car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy in your Rudy Luther vehicle. Find out more at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. So when you get to the corner of Smith and Orchard, you're going to want to take a you left. Not going to then what you're going to do is turn Marcy onto Marcy and Avenue broke up, and go past and the first three lights and then take it. the next left. I don't really then drive think five more happy, blocks and you should be there. Right to judge, right? Park anyway, on the right. I'll see I you later tonight. Night. It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuske, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake 
Hey community, this is Sian Thomas from ABC Realty. We represent a diverse team of realtors here at ABC, and we're rooted in your community. We are the only brokerage with an intentional focus on the east side of St. Paul. We specialize in helping first-time homebuyers and people of color to find the home and the neighborhood of their dreams. We have agents who speak Spanish and Hmong, and to keep pace with the ever-changing demographics of the east side, we're adding agents who speak the languages of our communities. We're accessible and we're available for you. Face-to-face and over the phone, we'll help you each step of the way, whether you're buying or selling. We'll discuss the value of home ownership and how it can be leveraged to build your future. We are here for you, ready to put our experts to work for you. So learn more about us here at abcrealtytwincities.com. That's abcrealtytwincities.com. Thank you for joining us on Connections Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And when we went to break, we were talking with Debbie Meckley, who's a spiritual care advisor. And Debbie, you're going to say the word again for me. The Anamkara. The Anamkara. <laughs> now, now, I just have to ask, why, why do you think we, we moved so, so far away from that, that practice? You know, it's... That's a good question. I mean, it's been centuries of, but we went from celebrating um, with babies and young children at the time of dying to um, the dogma of not even speaking mm-hmm. about some people after they've died or not allowing children to go. Um, it's an evolution. You know, mm-hmm. look, look how we're evolving. We're constantly mm-hmm. evolving. And these these ways of evolving are happening so rapidly but I'm very happy that these conversations are coming up. Death cafes, people are like, what the heck is that? Um, and that there are people out there that um, are midwifing, are um, companioning people to the other side, whether it be hospice or there are individuals like me now that I've left the hospice arena that um, are somewhat uncalled for some folks. Debbie, um, um, Mickey, Mickey wants to ask you a question or, or chime in mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I was going to mention that in our April issue, one thing I learned about some of the historical evolution is a lot of things changed here in the U.S. Uh, with the Civil War and uh, Abraham Lincoln and embalming and then funerary customs, and it came outside yeah. of the home. Uh, it became more of a thing that was done by other people and removed families and friends from it further and further. And Debbie, as I recall, uh, because you're in the April issue also, a lot of women that I've talked to who are either part of the program or the issue, you also came from a birth birth. Uh, a nurse, a labor nurse background, and so it's very interesting how many people have moved from that transition to what they see as the other big transition in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, we go ahead. I was going to say I wanted to to add something to the history. Yeah, this you is you this is Ladonna. You haven't introduced me yet. So yeah, I'm going to like, I'm right now, Ladonna. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't have to be quiet. This is Ladonna Redman, a community activist, and Ladonna is going to be at the Minnesota Women's Press April 13th event, um, doing a keynote over the over the lunch hour. So yes, Ladonna, chime in. I will. I would say you know I would add to the Civil War and you know all of the removals, but also um, the the murder of women during um, the witch um, witch hunts, witch trials. All oh, the Salem witch trials, yeah. Well, Salem mm-hmm. as well as in Europe. I mm-hmm. mean, the 
the purposeful removal of women from what was perceived to be power during the Dark Ages was deliberate. Mm-hmm. And um, so many of the traditions, were ki- people were killed and those tr- traditions along with it. And so I would add that you know, like patriarchy and, and white supremacy work to suppress culture. And um, when you have a cultural um, rituals around death and dying that are killed um, for the purpose of, you know, maintaining power structures or erecting power structures to suppress people, you have this vacuum. But, I mean, as these, I, I can't say the word one more time. What's the word, Debbie? Anamkara. As Anamkara is is coming back, you can't suppress culture, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a part of our DNA. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, what has what people think is gone is really not gone. It's just not visible. Well, and right, from the right. standpoint of epigenetics, I am fascinated by how much of that is seeded in us, as in seed, yeah. seed, mm-hmm. um, and we just haven't accessed it for you know millennia or whatever and now we are getting to the point of being able to access it when somebody like a debbie meckley or this event on april 13th at first unitarian is saying do you know this is part of what you know this is part of what you have been through right yeah and something madonna said about ritual that's embedded in our dna um ritual is so important and we've moved away from that um, it was um, that celebratory ceremony um, is embedded in our DNA. And just as we believe we know how to live, we are born knowing how to die. At a cellular level, we know how to do it. But we interfere in that because of fear. And that's part of that uh, soul friend, Anamkara, um, companion that doesn't allow for that interference but makes somebody comfortable inside of their own spiritual pain because that's what's coming up. We live the way, um, we tend to die the way we lived. And if we are going to that place um, with a lot of regrets, a lot of fear, with a lot of anger and spiritual pain, it's accentuated at the end of life. That which you put your attention on becomes accentuated. And so um, I'm writing a book right now about regret-free living, and it is so much more about living. We have to do it better now so we can die better. We do not do it well in this culture because we don't talk about the D word. And we have to start doing that. And that's that preparation piece we talked about earlier. What a gift for your family. Um, if you can do it while you're in your, what I call the gap of living, while you're in that living space, letting people know what you envision for your end of life, who's there, the music, the pets, um, even afterwards, you know, what, what your your service, your ceremony, your ritual looks like, all the way down to the potato salad, you know, at your <laughs> at your luncheon. You know, those seriously are gifts. Some some woman came to me and she said, Can I talk to you about the jello salad? <laughs> she was ninety three years old. She said, I want to hire you to help me to tell my family what it is I want. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I said, You you got it, girl. You know, and we, I go back to this death and dying. It's dying and then death because dying is still living. Dying is still living. And for some reason, we've turned it around to this death and dying. But um, uh, that, that dying place is still living, and that's oftentimes where we um, come home with what it is that we need to do, with those courageous conversations. And that's what I do with folks is help them to have those because there's a lot of family dynamics and uh, oftentimes the dying person is very lonely 
in their dying process because people just don't know how to have the conversations like you said earlier, Karen. You know, what do we say? How do we mm-hmm. say it? Mm-hmm. Do we say nothing at all? Well, and we that, need to talk. And that's what this, you know, the, the beauty of an all-day event that focuses on the conversation, which will happen April 13th. Go to womenspress.com to register before it sells out. An all-day event to, to open ourselves up to this possibility of, of figuring it out in the gap, as you say it, so that when we get to that point, there's some, there's some beauty, some, some peace, some resonance, some energy, some, you know, all of those things that that can surround death. Um, hang with us, Debbie, okay, because we're going to um, move to talking with LaDonna Redmond. I want to reintroduce her community activist, LaDonna, and we've talked an awful lot, but in food context a lot. But for this context, LaDonna, um, you are doing the keynote um speech or or talk over lunch at this event um, called Making Grief Visible and Speakable. And this is, you know, predicated on your loss of, of your child, Wade, in 2018. And, you know, there were times when, you know, because you were so open about this on Facebook, you know, there were times when I saw the pictures and I, I cried with you and I, and I thought about what you might be going through. Don't have children, but thought about what you might be going through when you were so open about this entire process. And being open about the process is part of what this event is going to, is going to um, pull out of people and, and, you as a model for this will be will be what um, happens for us over that lunch hour. So we're going to go to break quickly and then come back and um, talk with LaDonna Redmond about the loss of her child Wade in 2018 and how she chose to use this loss to live powered in 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 very new ways and and live as an, as an example to community. So you're listening to Connections Radio. Join us on the other side of the break. We'll be talking with LaDonna Redmond, community activist. Lost language, rape, isolation, forced colonization, disease and torture, school, lost family, abuse, relocation, custom, allotments, hate, reservation. Fear. History has taken its toll on our families. Our fathers and grandfathers, our mothers, our grandmothers, they didn't deserve to be raped and abused. I don't deserve to be raped and abused. Today I walk with pride. I'm reclaiming my body, my heritage, and traditional customs that value all living things. I'm learning healthy boundaries and I stand with Minnesota Indian women to end sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. The Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is the perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-price bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates and private dining room for parties available. Located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. I'm Connie Bjork, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. 
Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Hey community, this is Sian Thomas from ABC Realty. We represent a diverse team of realtors here at ABC, and we're rooted in your community. We are the only brokerage with an intentional focus on the east side of St. Paul. We specialize in helping first-time homebuyers and people of color to find the home and the neighborhood of their dreams. We have agents who speak Spanish and Hmong, and to keep pace with the ever-changing demographics of the east side, we're adding agents who speak the languages of our community. Communities. We're accessible and we're available for you. Face-to-face and over the phone, we'll help you each step of the way, whether you're buying or selling. We'll discuss the value of home ownership and how it can be leveraged to build your future. We are here for you, ready to put our experts to work for you. So learn more about us here at abcrealtytwincities.com. That's abcrealtytwincities.com. Save an extra 7.5% during Warner Stellion's free tax rebate event. Choose from the best brands at our guaranteed unbeatable price. Then save 7.5% more with our exclusive tax rebates. You'll save hundreds on laundry pairs, dishwashers, refrigerators, and kitchen suites. And trusted fast free delivery and haul away are still free. Plus, qualified buyers can choose 18 months interest-free financing. Guaranteed unbeatable appliance savings through March 25th with exclusive tax rebates from Warner Stellion. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly sunny skies today with a high near 33. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 22. Sunday, cloudy with a high near 36. And Monday, partly sunny with a high near 38. The Downtown or Woodfire Grill is the Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week. They have daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meals, exquisite pizza, and half-priced bottles of wine Mondays and Tuesdays except on Excel Energy event nights. They have gift certificates available, too. Located at 253 West 7th Street in downtown St. Paul. More at downtownorwoodfire.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio. I'm Karen Olson-Johnson, the co-producer of Connections Radio. And we, when we went to break, we were talking um, about the Donna Redmond story and the loss of her child, Wade, in 2018, and how it was that um, she brought this into community with deep connections to community. And, and what I want to talk with you about, LaDonna, is the, the, the process, okay, because there was obvious, obviously, there was grief in this and dealing with grief, and and you were very public about about what you were going through and about the process, and and I want some, well, I want you to talk to us about about what that meant to you and, and what was going on at the time, the decisions you were making. Yeah. Um you know, thanks for having this conversation. I think it's really a very important one. Um, I think what was going on, well, a number of things were going on. One was that I was running for county commissioner. So my life was kind of out there, you know, um, very, very public, 
um, and I already have a somewhat public profile. And um, his transition, excuse me, um, Wade identified as queer, and he used the um, pronouns they and them. Uh, we had an agreement that I could say he because I birthed him. And so uh, um, that was his offering. I didn't insist. I was like, I'll work with you. And he's like, no, you're not going to get it. So, <laughs> um, but I do try. So um, when other people speak of him, um, I might say him, but uh, I should be saying they. So um, when um, Wade was... Um, in the hospital and in a coma, it got very complicated because, you know, how do I, you know, manage a campaign and all of my life, you know, with this very big thing happening? And I think we knew we knew relatively quickly that he was going to make this transition. And um, it was just either a matter of time or and and or how we decided to handle it. Um, the situation was complicated because Wade was found at the encampment, which was also a very public uh, conversation at that time. Um, and he was in cardiac arrest and he was, um, Wade was, I can't, I'm sorry, I have to let me get myself together around his pronouns. Wade was very, um, um, Wade was in all of these places that were public. So it's my campaign, the encampment. The encampment was in the news. He, um, excuse me, Wade died um, at the encampment, the first death um, at the encampment, um, first overdose death. Um, also makes it complicated. So I'm kind of adding some threads. So I've got a political campaign going on. My son is in a coma as a result of a uh, drug overdose. So I didn't really think that I had any options mm. around whether this was public or not. If I was pri- more private in in that my life wasn't so public, I think I would have just my circle, my family, my close friends would have um, gone through this with me. But I had um, gotten so many people to support me for the campaign and um, hundreds, thousands of people giving me money and um, opening their homes to me. I felt I had a, a deep level of responsibility to them, um, also to my networks, people who supported me, who knew of Wade's addiction. Um, even though those rooms are not generally perfect uh, public, I, I go to a twelve-step. I go to a couple twelve-step groups. Excuse me. So those folks knew about the struggle. So there were people who had supported me in so many different ways, and. Um, I, I don't feel like I had much of a choice but to let them in for my own sanity. Mm. So, because um, to try to hold that was more, I couldn't hold anymore. I couldn't hold anything. So, um, I just um, started to talk about it so that I could control the narrative, mm. that I could say what I wanted to say. And so um, that, of course, eventually the newspapers got a hold of it. And one article, when we announced the suspension of the campaign, one article came out and was like, you know, oh, you know, some type. It didn't say exactly why um, uh, why Wade was in the hospital. Um, 
and they put the word tragedy in quotes. And they didn't bother to, because I, I didn't say initially on my Facebook page or in any of my social media what was going on. People just knew something happened. And they um, decided that, you know, they wanted to, you know, put some parentheses around my tragedy. Um, and just, you know, kind of, I don't know, try to make it more scandalous than what it is. It's hard for me. It's hard to scandalize me because I don't really care what people think. So <laughs> it doesn't bother me that, you know, you think something. That's like, if it doesn't pay bills, I don't really care. So, <laughs> so I get very... So I'm very, you know, that way. But anyway, that um, pushback that my friends put on that online, you know, thing um, led to the Star Tribune calling me and saying, you know, do you have something that you want to say? We'd like Mm -hmm. to write, you know, we'd like to write something. So um, that's where I said, you know, what happened and, you know, worked with them to, you know, craft that narrative and that story and and just tr- speak as closely as I could from my own center, um, which kept me anchored. But I really didn't know. You know, it wasn't like I was sitting down every day like, oh, this is what I'll do next. It was I had no idea. So you did, you know, step by step by step navigate your way mm-hmm. through the process of Wade's death mm-hmm. and 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 in the in that waiting through that process mm-hmm. figured some things out for yourself about grief. Yeah, and I think I, I learned a couple things. I mean along the way, fortunately or unfortunately, I've had a great many friends die. Um through I've lived through the HIV AIDS epidemic of the eighties um, I've lived through um, gang violence in the eight, in the nineties, um, and I again I'm a part of a twelve step fellowship where people do die from addictions and from other things. Um, they have heart attacks, or they have car accidents. Uh, my mom died. Uh, my, both my parents have made their transitions. My mom passed away um, almost the same day that Wade died. I think it was. It, it might be the day before I remember having a conversation with my sister um, because we had decided to take Wade off of life support. And I didn't necessarily want to do it the same day that my mom died. And I was like, well, how does that feel? So I'm talking to my sister. She was like, Psh, they're both dead. I mean, <laughs> you know, she, she was like, we could do it together, whatever. You know, and so we have that kind of com- – we have conversations about death in our in our family and – um I don't want to say I'm used to it because I'm not. This was um, being in it is still so unreal um, versus all of the other times that I've buried my friends and my family. But step by step, um, I've learned that, one, I don't think that death is the end. Um, I've thought that about other people and, and Wade's death has have made has made me live that. Um, that you don't think it's the end. No, I don't. How do you know? I don't. I just don't. I just, it's just like you know everything. How do you know that it is? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like we mm-hmm. just assume that people do mm-hmm. know, you know, but um, I believe, my beliefs are that, um, you know, that once you move out of this body, we there's more to do. There's more work. Um, right. And that we're not uh, just the body, we're a soul. I mean, I like the title, the the explanation of uh, being a, what is it, a soul friend. Um, 
So I had to live that. I, d- I live that now that I don't look at Wade as just being, you know, dead and that's it and there's no other connection. I have a whole family altar of all of my friend, my family that have transitioned and I pour water, what we call libation, and I fix them food and I, you know, talk to them as if they're still here. So I don't know, maybe I was just doing that because I didn't have anything else to do. or but, <laughs> but now I do it because I'm forced to believe that Wade is still here. And you know that. I know that. You know that. I yeah. don't know how I know. I just know that I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And, uh, I mean, I've got so many different stories, but I'll tell you one really quick. Um, I went to, um, I, I, vis- I have a friend, I have friends who have interesting friends, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and one of my friends has an interesting friend who is a wonderful woman, and she's also a psychic. And she's um, very well regarded for her gifts. And... Um, I got a chance to meet with her, and she, um, part of the, we had this very interesting conversation, but part of the conversation was that Wade sends you rainbows. And I was like, oh, I like rainbows. <laughs> I had never really paid attention to them, but I like them. And so I was like, okay, great. And Wade sends me rainbows. And so um, my daughter Taylor was sitting there listening, you know, with me. And, you know, we were going to Hawaii to get some sunshine and some space. And um, almost to the last day, um, Taylor starts pointing out double rainbows, like rainbows on rainbows. Hmm. And she's like, Mom, look at that rainbow. Look at the look at the double rainbow. And it's like rainbows like everywhere. And then it dawns on me. Okay, so then I'm like, she was like, yeah. Then the lady say that way send us rainbows. I said, yeah. And then I look at the license plate of Hawaii. It's a rainbow. We've been around rainbows all day, all for like a, like a week and a half. We've been around rainbows. So I'm thinking, you know, who? What else could have put the universe in order that yeah. way except someone who loved me enough to let me know that they were still around? Oh. Somebody who loved yeah. me enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to go to break and just end just a second and come back to this conversation. The, the, you can continue this conversation, quite frankly, and you probably do want to at an April 13th event sponsored by the Minnesota Women's Press, which will be held at First Unitarian Society. It goes from 9 to 3.30. You register at womenspress.com. But when we come back from break, we will we'll wrap things up in our conversation with Mickey Morissette, who is the owner of the Minnesota Women's Press, Debbie Meckley, who's a spiritual care advisor, and LaDonna Redmond, who is LaDonna Redmond, a community <laughs> activist who will be at the event as well. So we join us. Card. Yeah, join us on the flip side. <laughs> in response to shootings in places of worship, Code Red Playwrights will present stage play readings across the country. Theater artists will be performing to support greater awareness. I'm Lori Fitz from Connections Radio, and I'll be a part of our Twin Cities reading, which will be 7.30 p.m. Thursday, March 28th at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis. Join us. There's no fee to attend, but a collection box will be set out for donations to Moms Demand Action MN. See you at the Phoenix Theater, 7.30 on March 28th. 
Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the East Side Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. A fantastic lunch is waiting for you at Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. Start with their delicious wings, Milton-style, buffalo, barbecue, or naked. Or try their famous barbecue rib nachos. They've got great lunch options like their grilled sandwiches, the ribeye, the chicken, and the portobello mushroom. Try the fantastic fried egg with asparagus and kibata and their jerk chicken sandwich. Or change it up with a Milton's Cobb salad, a chopped jerk chicken salad, or their warm and satisfying soups. Lunch today will be delicious if you head to Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Friendly Crystal. Hello, I'm a professional announcer voice. I voice professionally, just like Fearless Comedy Productions, except they don't voice, they comedy. And starting March 29th at 7 p.m., they will professionally comedy for 50 straight hours. 50 straight hours. You can join them at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis for just a suggested donation of $20. Learn more or watch the event online at DieLaughingMarathon.com. That's DieLaughingMarathon.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio. I'm Karen Olson-Johnson, your host for this incredible conversation about endings. And uh, when we went to break, we were talking with LaDonna Redmond, a community activist who will be at the April 13th event sponsored by the Minnesota Women's Press, womenspress.com, about, you know, endings and about, you know, the... The finality, is that a word, Mickey? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, finality. <laughs> you know, Mickey, who's the publisher of the Minnesota Women's Press, who, who knows words. words. Um, the it's it's you know, but but you didn't have that time with Wade, did you? No, we never talked about. Uh, I told them, you know, I told both my kids know exactly what I want, and uh, we never had that conversation and it was one of the questions that the physicians asked um asked us about wade uh, what would he want because it was it was clear that the physical body was not going to make it and um i just thought about how wade loved to live i mean he was when he was sick he was never in the bed and so to suggest that he could be in the bed the rest of his physical life um, when I know that's not something that he would want was made it easier for me. And I also asked his friends, 
Even when grief is complicated as Wade's grief was, I just refused to deal with being ashamed. I, I was not going to be ashamed of one one damn thing. And I didn't have a reason to be ashamed of it. And I wasn't interested in shaming him or myself or anyone else um, that was affiliated with uh, Wade's passing. So I trusted my gut um, and who I knew Wade to be. And I trusted his friends who also agreed that, you know, um, it would be best to take Wade off of life support and let the body do whatever the body was going to do. And um, I gave him, excuse me, I keep calling Wade him. I know he's got to be here because I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, work with me, Wade. <laughs> um, I gave Wade the best celebration of life that I could. I gave him one that I thought he would go to and come away saying, I feel good about this. So um, that was the intention behind his ceremony. That, That he would be, he would not only be celebrated, but that he would feel like this was a part of, him Mm -hmm. in that whole process absolutely and that even if if he was alive and went to this ceremony he wouldn't have been sitting at home with me like oh my god mom (laughs) ridiculous mom (laughs) so um i I think we were um i'm pleased i'm very happy um, people tell me that uh wade's celebration of life was one of the most moving experiences they had ever been to well you know we're going to look forward to hearing more from you at the April 13th event because LaDonna Redmond is the um, speaker for the lunchtime. And Debbie, did you want to add anything to that about the, about the transition and the, and you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't even have to ask the question. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, I'd like to leave our listeners with the idea, the beautiful idea of the possibility of a death done well. And a death done well is actually the dying part. I refrain from saying a good death because death is neither good or bad. It is um, that moment of enlightenment and then nothingness and then where we go from there. But dying well is having the courageous conversations through the complication, through the grief, through the emotion. It's um, tying up loose ends. And um, sometimes that doesn't happen until we're ill. But... To truly give the gift of a death done well is when we're in our living um, to um, have those conversations, envision what you would like the end of life to look like, let your family know every aspect of it, all the way to the service and to the aftermath. And um, I think that that's, uh, as a, I'm a facilitator for Arning Choices as well, and it's so powerful. It's the most beautiful gift because nobody wants to have regrets wondering, was it the right scripture, the right poem, the right flower? Like I said earlier, the right potato salad. You know, nobody wants to be um, moving through with that. And then we leave generationally. We leave a legacy of healthier um, dying experiences for our children and their children to come. And and that's the that's the point is turning this into something that's a healthy experience, absolutely I mean, ha- a healthy, um, purposeful and purposefully driven kind of experience by the person who might be the one who's dying. I mean, for yeah. me and my family, it doesn't matter what side Olson, Johnson, Nelson, Hanson, whatever. It's always the church thing with the little sandwich with the with the little piece of meat and the Jello with the suspended vegetables and the <laughs> coleslaw and a piece of cake. Well, quite frankly. 
I don't want any Jello with suspended vegetables in it. I, you know, that's so. Right. So yes. <laughs> so, no so, more suspension. No more. No more suspension. But Mickey, you wanted to share a little bit with our listeners about about some of the particulars uh, that that will happen at this event. Yeah, we have. Uh, I mean, it is a day long program, and at one point we have breakout sessions, so people can dive a little bit deeper. One of those breakout sessions is about exactly what Debbie has been talking about. There's other death doulas and others who will be part of helping envision what do you like, what don't you like, having a small group and then one-on-one conversations so that you can kind of identify things if that's where you want to spend that portion of the day. At the same time, we will have a program, uh, the Compassion and Choices uh, is involved with the Dying with Dignity legislation in Minnesota. It's been passed in seven states. They're trying to step by step because there's a lot of process to this. Um, get it so that people in Minnesota have the right when they have terminal illness to in the last six months of their lives make choices uh, for their own passing at, and the timing of it and not having all the medical in- intervention just to prolong. Um, and then the one that I'm also fascinated with is the philo- philosopher's circle. What do we think is next? And First Unitarian has a healthy dose of atheists. There's a lot of people who very much believe I am one in energy transformation. Um, there will be uh, the Death Cafe. Uh, Kristen will be leading a conversation for those that want to just be part of a philosophical conversation about what is next. Um, so I'm I'm loving all of that. And uh, and then as we conclude in the afternoon, we want to bring it back from not just focused on our death, but then focused on our life. What what does all of this preparation mean about how we can live mindfully right now? And and I want to share that these events have um, all of them have been tied to and as women do so well, very very hospitable. Lots of great food, lots of great environment, lots of wonderful welcoming people, and uh, and also the opportunity to win incredible array of prizes at the very end of this. You know, this is all about it's all about you know I mean difficult topics, yes, but coming together, feeling like you're being taken care of in the context of discussing these difficult topics. So thank you, Debbie Meckley, Mickey Morissette, LaDonna Redmond. Look forward to seeing all of you on April 13th at First Unitarian Society for Endings, a conversation sponsored by the Minnesota Women's Press. Go to womenspress.com to register and do register before it sells out because there are a limited number of seats. And thank you so much for listening to Connections on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.